Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Uh, don't forget those swinging sounds. Don't forget to support the people who support the pods so we can keep the winds in the sail, the Corolla pirate ship. Uh, it's, it's the way we do it, and we appreciate it. Uh, today, we are doing a all-caller show. Which uh, I do always enjoy. You guys seem to enjoy it too. So I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you participating in this thing and see if I can help people out. Uh, it's what I like to do. So I'm, and I've got a little something to offer here and there. So it's uh, something I appreciate. Uh, do, don't forget to go to doctor.com, check out the YouTube page, the, uh, the Facebook page. We do Facebook Live sometimes now. We're doing the This Live podcast. So uh, something you might want to check out. I think we have something come up with Tom Arnold. Any event, let me uh, get to the callers here. Let's go to uh, Mark. Go ahead there, Mark. Hey, Dr. Drew. How are you? Good. What's happening, man? Uh, not much. It's kind of interesting hearing all the behind-the-scenes stuff <laughs> between yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I uh, just wanted to, I, I wanted to call. I've been on uh, Xanax. For at least eight years now, 0.5 milligrams three to four times a day, so about two milligrams a day for anxiety was prescribed by my internist. Yeah. And I would like to get off of it. I'm sure. I I quit drinking back in November. I just stopped cold turkey, and uh, I would like to stop this, but I've been told if I stop cold turkey on this, you know, big problem, so... Well, yeah, you can have a seizure coming off this, so you need to be medically managed as you come off. And uh, the slow withdrawal doesn't work very well, but usually people can get down to one milligram. Have you had any success doing that? I really haven't tried because when I'm, uh, I, I get really shaky. You know, if I if I miss my dose or I'm I'm really late, I I'll get the shakes. So you have bad. withdrawal even with a single dose. Okay. So yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty nasty withdrawal. It lasts a couple of weeks. You need to be on some anti seizure medication. Typically, Neuronta is what we use, and phenobarbital to get people off it. Um, but it has to be in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing. Uh, ideally, it's nice to do it in a hospital setting so you can really monitor your, you and the medication. But it's possible to do it as an outpatient. Um, and then you know, I, I I'm not sure you're an addict. Uh, did you have any trouble giving up the alcohol? Uh, I drank really hard. I went into the hospital for a knee operation, and I got a, I got an infection while I was in there. So right. I ended up spending three days in the hospital, and I just saw, and I had a massive headache. Right. And they told me that's probably the withdrawal from the alcohol. Sure. So, and they said that actually the Xanax probably helped me from having that's right from the withdrawal from the alcohol. They're, they're correct. That is correct. But. Yeah, after that, I just I figured if I hadn't drank in three days, why start now? And I well, haven't good, drank since. Good for you. Uh, you. You may have to keep an eye on yourself. I mean, you may be an alcoholic or an addict. I, I don't know. I mean, you certainly have a substance use issue. I, it's intermittent. It's progressive. Uh, the Xanax, you didn't escalate it. You stayed on two milligrams. And you're dependent, certainly, and you're having withdrawal. So just watch yourself. And if you really start having trouble controlling your substance use, you might want to look into some meetings or some treatment. In the meantime, though, you got to find your, your way to a doctor that knows how to treat um, Xanax. Uh, 
and how to treat xanax dependency. And again, two medications that work very, very well in tapering you off is Neurontin and Phenobarbital. The Phenobarbital you have to stay on for a couple of weeks. Neurontin you may need to stay on an entire year. And, um, and you know, you'll get through this. It's, it's not as difficult as you might think of it if it's properly managed. Uh, let's talk to Jeanette. Jeanette, what's up? Oh, Gary, you got to put the mics back on. Hang on one second, Jeanette. Jeanette, okay. there you are. Go ahead. Hi. I just, I'm a big fan of you, Dr. Drew. Thanks, Jeanette. What's happening? Um, so I just saw your uh, teen mom special the other day. And I don't – the Farrah segment – as well as Farah overall, especially in the show, just really angers me because I'm not sure if I'm the only one that sees what an angry person she is. And um, I have well, I let, let's let's be let's be clear. I mean, the, uh, yes, everyone sees what an angry person she is, and she has a condition that gives her what's called unregulated hostility. So she can't control her hostility; it pours out all over the place. She also uses a way to regulate her emotions that we call projective identification where she takes all of her unpleasant feelings and sort of sees them and puts them in other people. And it's very uncomfortable to be around that. It's very, very uncomfortable. See, that's what I was wondering, if it was if there was actually something she had or if she was just, you know, a really angry person. But, you know, looking at her, I kept thinking like this is I don't think that is normal that was very erratic and she's always been very erratic Mm -hmm. but my question to you is how do we deal with someone like that well a couple things uh know that they get better as they get older spontaneously interestingly they can go they can become very self-destructive they can even try to commit suicide they can get people with these kinds of personalities can get involved with drugs and alcohol And when they start going that direction, it can go very bad for the person. Um, They're always tough to be around. uh, And one of the things – when they get angry and hostile like that, they lose track of the fact that other people's minds have content. (laughs) They just don't really realize that you're around and that you just become part of their their, uh, acting out, so to speak. Uh, And the thing to do is keep your feet square in the ground, stay calm. Don't take on all of the whatever it is you're feeling. Just feel it but because there's no way they don't let you, you – when you're around them, they make you feel things. And you feel yeah. it but don't react to it. Just keep your boundaries. Okay. And whatever you do, the most important thing is don't get involved in what's called splitting where if she comes up to you – you, do you have a friend like this? Is that what's going on? I have a few family members, yeah. yeah. So when they come up to you and go – give me – without you having divulged too much – what relationships do you share in common? In other words, do you have the same mom and dad or do you have the same aunt and uncle or do you, do you have other people in common with one of these people? Give me an example. Yeah. Um, our, so our dad and mom would be Okay, da- dad mom. So she comes up to you and goes, oh, my God, mom is such a bitch. But dad says we should uh, – Im- right? Do that kind of, Does that sound familiar? Yes. Okay. Immediately don't go, I know she's such a bitch. Oh, yeah, dad is great. That's feeding the split. Just go, uh-huh. Just do not react to this person's great, that person's an asshole. This is the best, mm-hmm. that's the worst. Those are all – whenever you feel things going all one direction or all the other and back and forth, that's splitting behaviors and you just got to stay stay in one place. And it's, okay. and they and they're gonna they get a little frustrated because they want you to feed that split. And if you're with right. some other person, if there's another person other than that person who's doing the splitting, like you have another friend along with you, make sure they don't that you don't contradict each other about anything. 
because then she would align herself with the one that started engaging in the split, and then now you're in a split. She's good, you're bad. You see how that works? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's it's crazy making, uh, and nobody suffers more than the individuals with these kinds of conditions. So right. just know that's kind of how it works. And then back to Farah. Does she know that she has this, or is this something that you? She she once sat down in a one of the reunions and said, "I have." And, and I'm not going to say what it is because uh, she's entitled. They didn't, they never aired it, so I think it must right. be she wants to, you know, keep that to herself. And she says, "I have this thing," and I said, "Yes, you do." And she and okay, I go no. and I go and she goes, right. and then I, I suggested a type of treatment, and she said, mm-hmm. "You know, you know, I think I'm doing that." And it was a time when she was doing a lot better. So she okay. has done better. She does have a therapist. She does do the kind of therapy that's good for this kind of condition. And uh, I wish her the best. You know, she's gone off to yeah. her own thing. And I there's there's a great sort of misconception in Teen Mom that we should be sitting in judgment of these people struggling with their lives. They're struggling. No. They're struggling. I mean, I saw it with Janelle the other day. Uh, yeah. Janelle, I, I, you probably haven't seen the next season, but now I have. And mm-hmm. there's a scene in there where the sheriff shows up and Janelle goes, look, the sheriff's been here a million times. The Child Protective Service has been here a million times. We each have our own therapist. We have a couple's therapist, and and we, every time it's been cleared, and the professionals are in charge, and that's that. And you and you as a viewer are not entitled to any of that information, uh, even right. though she divulged it on this particular season. That's the responsibility of those professionals that are taking care of these people. Everything else, you're just kind of looking at these ice picks of their lives as they struggle, and they're struggling. Make exactly. no mistake about and, it. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I wondered because I just wondered, like, Farah is not – there's something with her, and I was wondering if she really was receiving treatment because I hope she is. She has. But I kind of wish that she would have talked about it a bit because, you know, there's so much hate on Twitter and stuff. I and know. I wish that I she would kind of – I don't, I don't think she's know. there yet. I think she's still ambivalent yeah. about – because cause when you have conditions like she has, you, you really tend to think it's the world's problem and not your problem. Right. And, and until you've kind of had enough and run the white flag up, you make it the world's problem. You got yeah. it? So. Yes. Thank you so much. Right. I've always wondered and now I can stop wondering. <laughs> okay, and, and go and try to try to try to let try to organize Twitter into a more clement, a more kind environment for these women as much as you yes. can. Because with with real understanding, you, you you shift out of all that judgmental hatred, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay, Jeanette, thank well, you. Thank you so all much. Right. You Bye. got it. All right, bye-bye. Hey, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, I want you to try Purple Mattress. That's right. If you're waking up tired, it's not your fault. It could be your mattress. Time to try Purple. We got one of these things. Of course, sleep is important. The quality of your sleep affects the quality of your daily life. Better sleep, better you. Purple's a leading comfort tech company. Uses cutting-edge science to create the world's most comfortable sleep and sit products. Founded 25 years ago by two brothers. Started in the medical space developing pressure-relieving technology that wheelchairs and medical beds use for more comfort for patients. And along the way, they invented the Smart Comfort Grid, the patented comfort technology behind Purple. And in 2016, they decided to use this technology to create the first no-pressure bed. One of these showed up at our house. It's rolled up. You roll it out. You use it. Very unique feel, unlike anything else. It's soft where you want it, firm where you need it, balanced comfort and support. And you can get 100-night risk-free if you're not fully satisfied. You can return your mattress for a full refund, free shipping returns. It is easy. I'm telling you, it ships well. Backed by a 10-year warranty, free in-home setup, and old mattress removal if you 
wish. You're going to love Purple, P-U-R-P-L-E. It's Purple. And right now, for our listeners, you get a free sheet set and mattress cover with your mattress purchase. Just go to Purple. Just like the color, purple.com slash Drew, D-R-E-W. That is purple.com slash Drew, purple.com slash Drew. You know our friends at Blinds Galore, that's right, the first place to buy custom window treatments online. Trust me, they know what they're doing. They walk you through the whole process. We've got them. Corolla's got them. This is not your average window treatment. It's not that of a boxed up on a shelf somewhere. Everything at Blinds Galore is 100% custom, hand-built from scratch, created to your precise measurements just for you. They don't build anything until you order it. And believe me, they make sure you're happy. That's what I love about these guys. They guarantee if you don't love it, they will exchange it for something you do love. Blinds, shades, shutters, drapes, they've got it all from start to finish, measuring, picking out the perfect window covering, installing it. Their experts and their advisors will be there to guide you every step. Blinds Galore will even set you up with free samples, free shipping on top of the free expertise. And not only will your new window covering fit perfectly, but they'll look like they belong specifically and only in your home. BlindsGalore.com makes it easy to get the designer blinds and shades you've always wanted without the designer price. Go see what BlindsGalore.com can do for your windows and let them know I sent you. That is BlindsGalore.com. Uh, what's this? Charlie. What's going on, Charlie? Charlie? Uh, yeah. Hello? Hey, Charlie, is that you? Oh, yeah. What's up? Are we online? <laughs> We're on there, yeah. Happy Wednesday. Uh, indeed. Hey, so I wanted to uh, revisit a conversation that I meant to call in on, like, it was somewhere between 2006 and now, where I, a guest called Dr. Drew and, you know, he was concerned his wife, like, had this huge uh, dependency on vibrators and, you know, he wanted to... Wait, wait, you're, you're on know, the air right now, you're talking to Drew, right? Yeah. Okay. And and okay? I didn't, maybe I didn't understand the setup. Tell me again what the deal is. Okay, so I'm, I'm revisiting a, a conversation that happened, like, within the last 10 years. That I had. Where, I, yes, that yeah. you, you spoke to a husband, he, his wife was like, you know, she had, she was dependent on vibrators. Okay. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've revisited revisited this with more information. Okay. But this entire time I heard you heard this call, I really wanted to call in because I have personal okay, go ahead. evidence go. that's beneficial. Go. So uh, this husband, you know, his wife, all she could do was, you know, she her only way to be satisfied was through a vibrator. Yeah. And you gave some very sympathetic and compassionate advice, which you know you're a super gentleman about it. You know, you're telling the husband that. You know, this is something that she's, this is like her only way of being satisfied. And that well, my, my thing, and- I, I can tell you, that's sort of a common call. And, and when it's the guy who's upset that he's, you know, he's not the one to do it kind of thing. It's like, hey, hey, just incorporate it in. It's something she likes. Why wouldn't you incorporate well, that in, right? Well, I, I know, I know, and I get it. Yeah, but that's, well, that's person, one, like, that's one know, way. That's one way. The other way is yeah. to go, hey, she's dependent on this thing. She's desensitized, and it's going to take several months of doing nothing and trying to work your way back if that's what she wants to do, which she may not want to do. She's not the one calling, by the way. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, she wasn't. But um, yeah. uh, at the at the time, see, I, I don't I don't recall you bringing up the desensitized thing, but that's actually true. What you said because it's absolutely true. I used to have a major problem with yeah. vibrators. Yeah. I like I fried a couple in my life. So yeah, I'm you like, can really desensitize you know, yourself, and and it, you do. But desen- but, but it's hard. It's because, hard to find your way back. Some people don't actually. Oh, it's at, it, it, it's doable, but the the biggest part is obviously to separate yourself from it, and yep. then to to con- when you do have sex or when you do masturbate that you're. You're being present in the feeling and not, you know, uh, in imagination or 
you know, overusing any sort of uh, stimulation. Well, that's a different so issue. I, now, now you're getting into something else too. Yeah, and I understand yeah, what you're describing. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's not just the desensitization. That's the excessive use. The the the, the, the you know, you're now you're starting to use the the orgasm as emotional regulation or the or the pornography, or whatever it is you're using, right? Um. Does that make well, sense? That, uh, you're, you're, I, I, you're using I, it to feel better. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm. This is not where I'm at now. I'm, I'm no, I understand. But when 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 <laughs> so one when one gets lost in it, you're using it to feel better. No, no, no. Like, well, I mean that that I mean people can do that. But yeah. what I'm saying, like, in, in that case, I'm saying like sometimes you know a person can try to have sex with another person. Yeah. But they're so used to like either. I mean, I don't. I've never like porn has never been for me. But I can imagine how, like, because uh, I get too distracted, like the faking and all that, yeah. too distracted. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I can imagine if somebody's used to something like that or their imagination, it gets really hard to have actual interactions with people because you're used to using yes. things so deep in your mind yes, instead of yes. the feeling. Yes, that, that, so but that, that, is, that is a little different thing, but you're absolutely correct. It is, uh, yeah. it is, it is. Yeah. That's true. I just wanted to address the two no, things. No, I'm glad but, you brought um, it up. You're, glad, you're, you're right, because it's a nuance that I didn't even think of, but, you're, but it does occur for sure. And, and yeah, I just I think it's um I mean I just I saw your post on Twitter and I was like you know what I I, I wish I called in that day and I so I'm like why not I'll bring it up yeah no, I appreciate that it that hundred percent how did you how did you how did you get out of it oh I mean it was just me being called like I remember the first time uh, I threw out a vibrator was when like I was trying to have I had a girlfriend and I was like wow like how the hell is she not doing anything for me <laughs> I was like and I'm like wow I need to get rid of this fucking thing so I literally I remember like. The whole process, it was, like, so dramatic, me, like, taking it to the garbage can and throwing it away. It was, like, this big, dramatic experience. Did you, did you kiss but it just, and caress it and then, I, ah, I just, throw it away? I didn't, like, put a fucking, you know, like, put a little fucking tombstone over it. <laughs> Not, like, you know, I said my goodbyes, and then I just backed off, and yeah. then I just tried to be very present whenever I was with yeah. her. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's important for couples, if they're going to last, to, to make sure that, that it's a mutual thing that they're doing together. No, you're, as a giver, I, as a giver, I, I, I'm sad if I can't do my job. Like I'm like I don't care how happy a person can make me if I can't do my job. It's like I'm like I don't even want it. Like it's like it's lame. So I can't. I can feel the sadness in his voice, and I just wanted to call in so bad. I doubt he's listening now, but at least you know somewhere in the universe I have well, I've spoken. You, you, but <laughs> you, you have spoken, and other there are others out there that no doubt can relate to this. And more importantly, you're really bringing up something that uh, I chant about a lot these days, which is being being present in a frame, in a, a frame with other humans. It's called intimacy. And anything that takes you out of that intimacy, whether it's high levels of arousal or fantasy or whatever it is, you pay a price. You pay a price. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Charlie. Good job. Thank Rock you. Rock and roll, man. See yep, you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Uh, Josh, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I just had a question, you know. What what percentage do you think of all of the stuff we've seen from Me Too from the women's side is true? Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. What percentage do I think of the women's allegations yeah, because, are true? Like, yeah, because we didn't hear anything forever. And I know, like, okay, we have all these bad guys that are just lurking there. And this news came out. It's all good. But I'm starting to think about it. I've never seen it happen. I probably would never see it, see it happen. I know people, guys that have sex with women, and I'm just like, why would you have sex with him? But for me, I just, I don't understand how it can go from zero to thousand women 
Well, I, because I think bakers in there. <clears throat> well, I, maybe, but but I, I think it's reasonable to assume they're all true, uh, and, and perhaps there's some distortions in there. I mean, that's just the way memory is. But right. uh, but I, I think Josh, there was a there was a shift, and and it was a shift I've been waiting for for about 15 years. I, I I've said this before. I, I've been going out on college campuses for over a decade, and asking why women were putting up with what they were putting up with because I knew they right. were having an experience they didn't like. and But they right. were told that if they didn't measure up to a 19-year-old male's experience, there was something wrong with them. And finally, okay. the, the dam broke. Somebody said, hey, that wasn't that was not cool. <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah, but I mean, are these, I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't consider myself one of those these predatory guys, but yeah. when I would know one, I wouldn't think that was illegal. I would just say that guy's a bad guy. But these guys are losing their jobs. Yeah, honestly, well, that's a, that's I, a, I, you're, you're getting into a sort yeah. of a tougher discussion, which is, right. you know, in California now you get nine years for first degree murder and your day in court. Uh, that's if you're convicted. If you are accused of some of these kinds of uh, behaviors, you can lose your livelihood, which is like going to jail, right? Right, and I mean, I would never, even if I was the most pissed off that the guy like took the girl I was, you know, into or whatever. I wouldn't even go that far. I mean, but that's, I guess that's how far they're going, and it's up to the women to choose, right? It's, mm-hmm, their, it's mm-hmm. their bodies, it's their experience. So, But I just I can't believe the numbers, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, there's got to be a couple in there that can't be... Well, of course, you know. just, just again, just the way memory works. Memory is always okay. a distortion. It's not an exact you know, screenshot of what happened. But I, I think, Josh, we're just at the beginning. I think we got another couple years maybe of, of some stuff that yet to come out. I mean, you're seeing, yeah. you're seeing, and I, I know personally of stuff that politicians have done, and I can't believe it hasn't come out yet, in California particularly, that that it just, and, and California still has a problem where our tax dollars are still being used to protect them. It's just insane. So yeah. th- there's a long way to go before we really clean this mess up. And, and it, there's got to be some sort of yet sort of almost movement on college campuses to re-empower women and figure out a new social construct you know what how does this work men are scared crapless and trying to figure it out and we haven't yet got to that that homeostasis yet where we have a new call it what you want social contract between men and women yeah and i just i'm like what's matt lauer's like state of mind i just feel like he's just sitting in his mansion like laughing like, no I don't feel like no no no, no? oh okay. no he's okay. devastated i guarantee it. i, I okay. knew him yeah, yeah 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 no i don't know anybody that's affected by this that's laughing it, it's it's devastation the the effects are you know what the accusers intended them to be well isn't every guy sitting somewhere between terrified and uh, well i like the fact that this? the good news is we're all evaluating our behavior i don't yeah. know a single man that isn't going oh jesus uh, oh my god i would well, never they're, they're out there you just don't know them because you roll with good guys but i, I guess but everyone i talk to they're all they're always like oh my god when i was 19 oh my god oh i did oh she you know, and then, oh, how about, and what are we, and, 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 and it, it, I think my hope is that at some point we start moving forward and stop looking back. Don't you think, Carrie? Yes, I yeah. do, because I think that 
you know, my nephew is 12 or something. By the time he gets to college, he's yeah. only gonna, going to have known this world. Yeah. Well, you know? my, listen, my sons were in college and were scared to death to talk to a woman if they had a beer in their hand. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like, this could be intoxication. This could be a misconstruction. No, I can't they, imagine going to college. And then they got afraid to talk to anybody. And, and so, yeah, it was a very difficult time. And it's getting even more. That was before the Me Too thing. They were called a few years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I my experience, you know, from 2003 to 2007, I, I can't ten, – it's been, what, 10 years. It's yeah. like, you know, that's – it's so different. 2003 to 2007, yeah, a little more than 10 years since you were there. Well, yeah, two, 11 years since I left. But yeah. what I'm, I'm just saying, like, I it's changed 100%. Dramatically, yeah, and and for the better. But but I think we got to at some point go, okay, we're, we're doing it right now. We're, we're being respectful. We're being – you know, uh, and, uh, women are connecting to their feelings, and they're being honored, and they're being respected by men. And now let's move forward. And I At think some that point will, that's got to happen. I think that will happen as this generation that was raised sort of in this awakening comes. I think to be they're adults. still unsure what to do. No, I yeah. think they are too. Yeah. But I think as they grow and get into their twenties and thirties, it will sort of inform itself. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With I you. hope. I, I hope. Well, I'm I'm such an eternal optimist. I just I, I feel like. It's something I've been waiting for for a long time. I've been sort of baffled. In fact, I, I, we, uh, my wife and I were watching a, an a- Amazon documentary about uh, the Playboy, you know, Hugh Hefner's life. And there was a part in the 70s where there were all these women at the mansion and stuff. And I, and I asked her, why did, you, why, do you, why did you guys do that? Why did you – if that made you uncomfortable, why do that and put up with that? Because that, that was sort of the most kind of – sort of Bill Cosby cut his teeth. You know what I mean? That's sort of where that kind of attitude was reinforced. And uh, she said, she said it was. It was she had a very interesting answer. She goes, she said, because that was our move. That's all we had. It's the only way we can empower ourselves. So we did it. And I thought, wow, that's telling. <laughs> it's very telling. And I'm glad we're moved beyond that. It's unfortunate too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Patricia. Patricia. Hello. Hey there. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. But so um, I live with my mother who is 77 years old. She's always been super independent. She still drives, financially stable, you know, owns her own home. And about six months ago, her boyfriend, who she had been living with for um, about five years, he died and in sort of traumatic way, and she witnessed it. And since then... What happened? Um, he had cancer, but the prognosis was pretty optimistic, and he stood up to go to the restroom in the, at nighttime and said, called her name, and she turned around to grab the phone, and she turned back around, and he had hit the floor, and he was bleeding from his nose and his ears. And when the um, ACAR got there, because he had already passed, they decided they had to leave him there for the medical examiner, who took about three and a half to four hours to get there. And when they got there, they kept saying, oh, God, this was a horrible way for him to go. This was so horrible. And since then, she's just had this awful, I think, you know, PTSD. And, well, now, now, wait a minute. First of all, it sounds like she misinterpreted what was going on. If he died suddenly and fell to the floor, he'd have bleeding all over the place, but his sudden death would have happened while he was still standing there. So it would have, right, been, a, it would sure. have been a good way to go. That's not, It's unfortunate, right. but a good way to go. Right. Boom, gone. Right. That's an intracranial right. bleed I mean, he probably had. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, I mean, regardless of, you know, she just, I mean, I just—it's it, hard for me because she's escalated to the point now where she hates to be alone. We call it mom sitting, and and within the past month, maybe it's escalated to where she wants me to walk her down the hallway now, and which is no problem as far as I'm concerned. I just hate to hear, think of my mom feeling insecure or scared of any situation, and she's adamantly refusing to go 
to any kind of a doctor, which is kind of odd because she retired as an RN and was quite instrumental in myself receiving mental health care. So, but she's adamant, you know, she refused. Have, have, you, have you taken that approach? Like, hey, mom, you really helped me look at things at one time when I didn't think I needed help. Maybe we'll just get you looked at. Not maybe yeah. that's a good idea. You, you, know, you, know, you can't you can't do frontal assaults on people that are resistant. You you got You got to go backwards. Like, gosh, why would you resist that? And gee, I sure remember the time when you helped me when I was resistant, and I don't want to go. And um, maybe we could talk to somebody might just to see that kind of thing. Don't 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 get confrontative. That's the worst way to go. So so that's one issue. The the other is it makes me wonder. I must tell you, I'm wondering if she was having trouble before this guy died and was sort of covering it in some way, and this guy's being gone now. Some is unmasking something that was already going on. Does that make sense? That's an excellent point. Yeah, because they were together twenty four seven, and that's an excellent point because they went. I didn't even think about that, but she used to go like to the grocery store and stuff like that by herself. But since they were together, they did everything together. So yeah. See, I think I think point. there may be something neurodegenerative going on with her. That when when people have degenerative, you know, dementias and things like that, they can often get very anxious. And if they've got a structure and support and what they need, they're not even aware of it. And they certainly aren't anxious because they have everything they need, the structure around them. With now, without that structure, uh, you know, here we go. So, but a, but a good psychiatrist or or just a good internist would should be able to figure that out. Okay. Okay, I'm definitely going to bring that up. There. All right, That's a very good point. All right, thank good, you very much. Good luck. Okay, now. Thank you. You bet. Bye. Uh, this is uh, Val. What's up, Val? Oh, hi, Doctor Drew. Hey there. Um, I calling because I saw you on uh, with your wife on that Hollywood medium show and I know that when you first went on that you did not believe in any of that and then you had the reading and I was just talking to somebody about the, the I don't know if you've heard of even Alexander he was I am the not. but but you know my wife is a big big into this stuff and I, what they didn't put what, what they didn't put on the show was mm-hmm. and you know she has lots of friends that are psychic and stuff and so I, so I've really watched very carefully what these people do and he was doing the same thing. Which is, uh-huh. it, they essentially, they're doing some sort of releasing mechanism. So their frontal lobes are released. He does this thing back and forth with his hand. Some people do something with their eyes. Some people just do something with their body. But they always do something where they're sort of re- doing a frontal releasing maneuver. And then I think they're just tuning into the other person on a very deep level. I mean, I, I've had weird experiences in therapeutic settings, very weird where I've known things I shouldn't have known or felt things that, that I've never felt before, but when I bring it up with the patient, it was very meaningful to them. So I think they're sort of tuning into that kind of thing somehow. And so what you didn't see on the show was me and my wife fighting about what they were doing with me going, I don't know what he's doing, but I want to know one thing he's not doing. He's not talking to dead people. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's talking to dead people. Like, no, he's not talking. To, oh, yeah, he's talking to dead people. Oh, okay, all right. So the, that fight didn't go on TV. But uh, that, that's what that looked like to me. <laughs> Gary thinks that's funny. Okay, so- <laughs> it's hilarious. You, you, you didn't see that part. That part I, I didn't watch it, but I'm assuming that I heard didn't hear that part on TV. I don't think that part made no. it in. My wife watched it, and I was sort of in the other room. I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to watch it. I know you guys too no, well. And he, so and he, just, and he came weird. up with some great stuff. And But, I, you know, very interesting. I'm intrigued. I think there's a lot more that goes on between and amongst humans than we know in terms of how our brains communicate. He's undoubtedly and, a skilled and entertaining at guy. At something. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't know what, what it, is. it is. Yeah, I don't either. But, uh, okay, so yeah, that question was: Has your viewpoint changed? No, 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 no. Uh, but but I but I do think it has something to do with their. It's an entire 
bodily-based experience of some type. Now, uh, Tyler literally soaks through the chair he's sitting in. He sweats so much in a, in a cool room. He will sweat. He ruined one of our chairs. He soaked through the back of the chair of a large cushioned chair. Completely just, I mean, like if somebody threw a bucket of water on it. Uh-huh. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is strange. And he says, oh, yeah, that's just how I react to when I'm having these, when I'm doing this work. And they all do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But uh, I do know that more will be learned about what goes, communicates between humans as as time goes on. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Bye. Uh, Alan. Alyssa. Hi. um, So I've been on methadone maintenance treatment for two and a half years, Mm. and um, I really want to come off, and at the rate that it's comfortable, it'll take, you know, at least a year, and um, I desperately want to go to, like, a nice place, a comfortable inpatient Why um, Why why are you being picky about where? Just curious. (laughs) Because the ones that my insurance does offer are, like, bottom of the barrel, and I've been to them before, Mm. and they don't... um, they they just have not worked, and they I I. How much methadone are you on now? Um, I I'm down to 136 milligrams, which wow, is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. So you and need I, you need I, I, I when I was when I was treating methadone patients, I wouldn't take anybody until they got to 20. So you got a ways to go, and I, and I would not underline not go from 130 to nothing. You're going to need to get yeah. down lower. And you can accelerate the detox and be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Talk to your doctors about that. Get get a more accelerated detox. And then in terms of having a place to go, where, where are you? In Pennsylvania. Where? What part? Um, like uh, Stroudsburg, East Stroudsburg. It's like northeast Pennsylvania. Hershey nearby? No. Uh, it's like two two hours away, three yeah, hours away. it's more central. Hmm. I'm willing to go anywhere if it's uh, like uh, a, a good place that I, it's, it's worthwhile. I'm willing to go anywhere. You're going to have. I just I've called places for scholarships, and yeah. everybody tells me they don't offer scholarships, and it, like it's I know they do. <laughs> have you? Uh, does Salvation Army only treat men? Well, look into it. Only look into that real quick. Is that yes, Alyssa? Yes, they only treat men. only treat men. Okay. Because uh, if there were something like Salvation Army, you get your hands on. Um, you know, Alyssa, I'm afraid I'm I'm going to give you an unsatisfying response, which is that you have to know the local landscape. Like I know what's good in Los Angeles and where I could send you. Uh, well, I know what's good in Pennsylvania, but they there's a place, a beautiful place. It's called um, Karen, and uh, but they, like I said, they, it's thirty thousand dollars. A month, or they don't—they say now, they don't offer grants or scholarships. Hold on. Salvation Army appears to treat women. I'm looking at a thing right here that says that uh, Family Treatment Services offers a continuum of care for women wanting help with their alcohol and drug addiction, okay. All right. residential and so, outpatient. So look into Salvation Army. If there's a Salvation Army near you, the, the one advantage you'll have is Salvation Army takes motivated patients. And it takes, mm-hmm. a, it take, it takes a long time to get a bed there, but you got time because it's going to take you mm-hmm. a while to get down on that methadone where you want it. So look into Salvation Army, okay? They they really are good. Okay. They they really okay. are. You you'd be surprised. Okay. Uh, that's number one. Number two, um, you're talking about Karen Foundation. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought they had. I thought they had scholarships. Karen does. Well, did you, did you go on their website? I have. 
And no, nothing there for... Uh, no, pe- I called them, like, personally. And they say nothing? Zero? Nothing. They don't offer grants. They do, don't offer... Do they have a... Some, sometimes they have a placement program. Do they have any kind of placement resources? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. What are we looking at? Yeah, I'm looking at the we're looking at the Karen website right now, and it says scholarship funds. <laughs> Here are scholarships. What? Well, C A R O N is it that Karen? N- no, it's different. Uh, there's an I in there. Okay, okay, different. All right. Well, this so, says this specifically has a number for Pennsylvania, so maybe check that out. C A R O N dot org. Karen dot org. Okay. That's that's a. And again, it's heartless. I I know how cumbersome and difficult it is to find services. Uh, the good news is you're motivated, and that that's the person that gets well. You know, you know how that works, right? It's, I do know that, and I, it's taken me a long time to get to this place. Yep. Um, and like I said, I've gone to a lot of places that don't work, and that's why I need somewhere that I know does work. In the meantime, you're going to NA meetings, getting support, that kind of thing. Um, well, like I said, I'm in methadone maintenance treatment, so I I, I go to groups there, and I okay. see a counselor there, okay. and I okay. see a, a psych. So. Yeah. Well, they've done a good job with you to get you to this point, right? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, this is this is very optimistic, and my prediction is you'll find a place because people get so people want to get sober, get sober, and people get sober in all kinds of environments. You'd be surprised. That's how it works. That's how it yeah, works. That's it's right. The only but, way it works. But it's going to be. But I'm not going to kid you. When you get off that meth, it's a rough go, man. You you just make sure you get a good place. You stay there for a while and um, hang in. You 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 deserve a you deserve a fully thriving life. It's out there for you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. All right. Some useful car tips you might not be aware of, like uh, putting that key fob under your chin to increase its range or get some weight out of your car. Obviously, that can improve gas mileage with prices up. That's important. Well, another tip you might not know, True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just buying new cars any longer. Well, and for quite some time now, as we've been telling you, it has used cars as well. With a True Car certified dealer network, nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you will enjoy real pricing on actual inventory. So when you see the scattergram, you educate yourself, you see what a good price is. You lock in that price, and that price is for an actual vehicle, actual inventory on a True Car certified dealer's lot. It is a simpler buying experience, whether you're buying new or used. Now, with True Car, users see what others paid, so you know you got a good price, and they're also more likely to enjoy that faster buying experience by connecting with a True Car certified dealer. So, when you are ready to buy new or used, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. You probably see me talking about TheraWorks Relief. If you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer from muscle cramps in your legs and feet, this is relief. Finally, TheraWorks Relief is a topical foam. It's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps. And with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they start. For over a year now, I've been recommending TheraWorks Relief to my friends, family, patients, and the results speak for themselves. People are really enthusiastic when they get relief from these muscle cramps. And they don't have to take a medication. This is what I like about it. And your pharmacy will like that too. It's a topical agent. It's a breakthrough. And the breakthrough is a word that gets tossed around easily these days, but TheraWorks Relief is the real deal. It's a life-changing product for some people, and best of all, you don't need a prescription. TheraWorks Relief is my choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. Make it yours, too. Get TheraWorks Relief today at select CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens pharmacies, or at theraworksrelief.com. As I said, speak to your pharmacist about TheraWorks Relief. They're as enthusiastic as I am, and experience relief for muscle cramps for yourself. That is TheraWorks with an X, T-H-E-R-A-W-O-R-X, TheraWorks Relief for your muscle cramps. Everybody, we'd like you to please fill out the Podcast One survey. That's right. It uh, helps our podcast stay free to download. 
The responses help us align the appropriate advertisers to our audience. It's short. It takes more, no more than five minutes. It really helps us craft our products to you all. Two easy ways to do the survey. Go to podcastone.com slash mysurvey or just podcast one. It's one word uh, with the word O-N-E at the end, podcastone.com. And you can click on the survey banner. If you have filled out a survey in the past, we thank you for having done so, but we still you need you to do it again. So please, again, you do all of us. We really do appreciate it here. I do. I'm Dr. Drew. And of course, Podcast One appreciates. It's a huge favor. Thank you for supporting this program and the Corolla Prior Chip and for taking time to complete that survey. We do do appreciate it. Uh, Stephanie, what's going on? Hi. Hi. Hey, hey. hey. Uh, huge, huge fan. Stephanie. By the way. You. Thank you. I'm so excited that I saw your tweet saying that your lines were open. So my question for you has to do with the, well, now trending, as you can probably see, all over TV, they're starting to do so much stuff because they're knowing how popular it is on true crime. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're doing, you know, the um, Menendez brother special that they did, they did you know, the O.J. Simpson trial. Yeah. They're starting to create these docu-series that are tremendously popular. Yeah, well, remember, I did HLN for all those years. We did Jody Arias. Right. And, and I, uh, I was glued to the TV the whole time. Yeah. And that's actually part of my question is, you know, also there's a ton of true crime podcasts. And mm-hmm. I'm also, you know, just love those. And I've noticed that there are, there's actually a true crime podcast out there called My Favorite Murder. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> and it's no. run by the two gals. Oh, Gary knows and, it. Yeah, so it's run by these two gals, and they're comics. They're really, really funny. And they started this podcast that, like, kind of was, you know, pretty dark, and it just soared to the top of the list, and it got tremendously popular to the point where it has this insane cult following. And I started thinking about it, and most of us, you know, kind of all interact in, you know, social media groups and stuff, and we're all like, why are we so fascinated by murder? Right. And like well, I, I, I and don't I, know. And, uh, you know, South Park picked up on this a couple of years ago, right? Instead, that whole murder porn thing, they, yeah. they, they, they sort of invented the popular term. Well, they popularized the popular term murder, murder porn. And right. I, women, listen, women's brains are much more evolved than men's. And, and, and they are very interested in interpersonal intrigue, right? That's how female, okay. female brains are, are rewarded by figuring out you know how and what's going on between and amongst people in relationships that that's sort okay. of the way your brain directs you and in a way these murder episodes or the relationships on steroids gone bad right so you you, right. you can't look away it's like how did that happen what went on what did she do what did he do blah, blah, blah. so your brain reward system is set up to kind of bring you that way now why the question is is there something going on today that makes it particularly I, I think it has something to do with the mob mentality we all have. I, I was stunned to see the way everyone ganged up on Jody Arias and Casey Anthony. I mean, it's like that was a mm-hmm. that was a mob. There was a mob acting right. out on those two women. Why? Because what? I'm a better mother than you, or you're a terrible mom, or you're a murderous bitch who doesn't you know, wouldn't take care of your boyfriend properly. I mean, what is that? What is you're actually saying? Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's also that whole point of you know you always think how the media portrays it like it's a pretty girl. 
right? Yeah. And it's, if it was somebody that, you know, this happens however many times a day, and, you know, we're just talking about this one particular case with a beautiful little girl and the pretty mom and, you know, somebody that you would so So you tell with. me, you tell me. So I get the, I get the pretty child sort of right. pulling on your, your strings, your emotional strings, but why the beautiful perpetrator? Why, is that, why does that figure into things? Is that, is that envy? I got to take her down? Oh, I don't know. I think it's maybe you're trying to relate to somebody that looks like somebody in your group. I, I mean, see. I actually work with somebody that see. looks just like Jody Arias. So I will never tell her that. So, so well, wait, listen. So is it you're trying to figure out what's going on in her mind or could she be yeah. like that? Yeah. So it's totally. intrigue. Totally. It's intrigue again. Yeah. So very, right. very interesting. I, I don't fully understand it. I got to say it's not something I'm – preoccupied with by any means <laughs> and, and when we started covering it i'll, I'll never forget we start i when casey anthony was happening and you know nancy grace was covering it i was telling my producer right. i'm like we're not going down that we're just not going to do it and finally they convinced me they go you're going to do it we'll just try it the next day they come we i come in and they go you're not going to believe the ratings <laughs> like it's it's mm-hmm, sick exactly it's, go, it's exactly. stupid it's stupid how and i was like all right we have to do it and uh, well, I so we did. I know if you remember how many women versus men would call in. Oh, 100% women. It was rarely exactly. men. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's, I mean, and it's, I feel like it's any case, right? Like OJ yeah. Simpson, yeah. I would think that it's, and what's crazy that that Made in America series that I'm pretty sure won awards, it was fantastically yeah. done. Yeah. Um, on ESPN. I actually met O.J. Simpson on the street in Miami like in 2005, totally incidentally. Wild. And it's hilarious how he looked pretty on something. Um, He was very nice. And it's funny in that show, all these years later, they were talking about the O.J. effect. And I actually, it resonated because I was like, wow, he did have the O.J. effect. He was like making conversation with me and all I wanted was a picture. (laughs) I wasn't really trying to have a conversation. That's right. And that was after the murders, well after. Correct. Like 10 years ago. But here's the deal. There was a big substance story in his life that was not, has yet to be really told. And I'm, I'm I'm sorry that's not being told more vividly. Because that's that's a big piece of whatever happened here. I, I don't know what the details are, but I, I smell it. I know it's there. Right, yeah. right. Well, these folks in all these groups that follow these podcasts are, yeah. you know, we're majority women, if not all women, and you know, we're all kind of in this little shame circle where we're like, <laughs> why do we love murder? Like, why? Why are we? Are we crazy? Well, no, you're not crazy. You're not crazy, yeah. uh, and you're, and it's no harm, no foul, and it's it's about the in, interpersonal intrigue, and maybe you learn something about people. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely just, you learn a lot of psychological yeah, profiles. Yeah, I, I learned about psychopaths through Jody Harris. I didn't really have much contact right. with psychopaths, but I learned about that. Is, and, is your wife into these things? I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. then it's then you. I don't think you're qualified to say it's a good thing. <laughs> your wife's into it? <laughs> oh, God. Really? Oh. Well, let's, let's get her. You know what? Oh, Let me yeah. interview her. Let me ask her what it is about it. You well, can? Maybe on a future pod or something. We'll, yeah. We'll, but, yeah, uh, yeah I've yet, I, I don't think anybody has a satisfying answer except to say it's rewarding. I like it. And that's yeah. fine. And that's I mean, okay. Like making a murder. I mean, yeah. look at all these things that have come out yeah, yeah. last year that yeah. are just money makers, money makers. Because yeah. so people want to watch. If it's all the women watching I, and I, no men, I, I have no idea. It's the intrigue. <laughs> again, it's the interpersonal intrigue, which I get. But I think there's a component of envy in there somewhere and because there's a lot of envy in all the mob action that I see today. So that, that the envy part, no bueno. The rest of it's harmless. Okay? Got it. All right, Stephanie, yeah. thanks. Thank okay. you for making me not feel crazy. All right, you're not going to be good. Take care. Bye-bye. And finally, Stephanie. Go ahead, Stephanie. I think it says Marie. I'm Marie. I'm sorry. I was just talking to Stephanie. What's up, Marie? Hi. Good afternoon, Dr. Drew. Um, I'm a little nervous, so Don't you worry. thank you for taking my call. No um, 
So I'm calling to help a family member. Um, she has some personality disorders, um, possibly multiple personalities. What? It could be psychopathic. Uh-oh. Um, what is, tell me more what's happening. Um, she's uh, got problems with lying. She's got attention issues. Uh, attention seeking. No, um, like not able to pay attention. Okay. She loses focus. Mm-hmm. Um, panic attacks, anxiety. Okay. Um, does things without thinking them through. Says things without thinking them through as well. Okay, it's possible um, that's just a mood disorder. She may be bipolar, right? Okay. So, um, but anyway, she needs to see a good psychiatrist and get properly diagnosed. So a psychiatrist, that is the only type of doctor that can diagnose this? Mm, I mean, you want to go to an expert, and that's what their training is. Many psychologists uh, can do the same. So somebody with a PhD after their name, they're, they're trained in, in diagnosing too. But the physicians are the one who really their responsibility is to come up with the right diagnosis and the right treatment plan, and then the therapist can you know, have the PhD and do the treatment. But, but there are PhDs that are good at diagnosing as well, but it has to be a mental health professional. The average doctor is not trained, a family practice doctor, internist, really not trained to sort this kind of thing out. Okay. And then is there a standard test that mm. they could? So, well, you know, to do formal neuropsychiatric testing, that takes a couple of days. And you know, when people are sick or not well, it's hard for them to do those kinds of tests. So the test is the doctor's interview. What he or she okay. he or she's interviewing technique is their stethoscope. They use things okay. to they use ways of looking into the. They have a, a series of categories that they use and a series of questions within each category, and then they come up with the diagnosis. And you know, initially it's provisional, and you see how it goes. It may not be a fully accurate diagnosis, but they're usually pretty good at it. And if you want more formal testing, that can be done later. Okay. Okay. All right, Marie. Thank you so All much, right, you Dr. Got Appreciate the calls, everybody. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget to support those that support us. And uh, I, I dig these I dig these caller shows, so we'll do some more of those. We have great guests coming up in the next few weeks, so keep an eye on that. And if you want to request great guests, go to doctor.com slash contact. Let me know what you want. See you next time. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. Mm-hmm.